Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we are, uh, episode 45. 45 episodes. I can't believe it. We're going to have to do something special for the 50th. Um, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good. There's a lot going on. Um, yeah, there is, there is a lot. We've, we, we need a lot. To, we, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, well, there's a lot coming up. There's a lot that's happened since we chatted last. There's quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> so why don't we maybe look back in time a little bit? Uh, last week, there was a couple things that I forgot to get to. And I'm sure if anybody's already listened, listened to the SPAC shows that Trey did, the first three shows, um, we kind of teased on. Just some of the funny storytelling we didn't really talk a lot about. But all the listeners, go and check that out. One of the things that I wanted to talk about that got brought up again in the two shows he has since done in uh, Beacon Theatre, it was just how much time he spent with Jeff Tansky practicing, you know, yeah. like uh, it, it, we, we've often talked about the end, seeing the, seeing the end result, not seeing the practice and the time and effort that goes into it. But it, by all accords, it sounds like every day, four to six hours a day in a room, just practicing, playing nonstop. And I, I don't know if that's much of a discussion point, but it's just another um, piece of admiration that I have for Trey's work ethic and that, you know, greatness doesn't happen by accident. It happens through perseverance and work and dedication and all that and all that stuff. So I thought it was pretty neat. He seems sad to be seeing Tansky go off to whatever he's doing while he goes and hangs it with oyster headed fish. So, well, he probably had to teach him all those compositions, right? Like you need, I would imagine learning some of those songs, you would still need the charts for those songs. Like you don't, you, you can't wing, um, you know, Esther into Fluffhead into, you know, whatever else they broke down. Yeah. You know, like you need to, you need the, you need the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, um, and I'm assuming, you know, that'll, that'll bring um, a new perspective on playing to Trey. I think anytime somebody be out playing with different musicians, especially for a large amount of time. I mean, really, he hasn't had a lot of interaction with the boys and fish in the past year and a half. Not that we know that, of. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Yeah, sure. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. There's stuff going on in the, in their scheme hatchery. Whatever. Well, I mean, I think that's the that's the the cool part, you know, is is he understands that spending that amount of time with somebody is going to rub off on him, and instead of like avoiding it, he actually looks forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to listen to the second episode of Alive Again last week? So, oh, so yes, yes, and I actually went back and I started listening to Undermine. Hmm. Um. And the first couple episodes were good. And then I just kind of started, I'm like, ah, I don't know about this anymore, man. Like the one where they were like comparing fish to like the Minutemen and like Yola Tango. Yeah. I'm like, why these bands? Okay. Like, I'll, back, I'll back it up. And I have a reason, but I'm with you hundred percent. Undermine is essentially an amalgamation of three podcasts. It's an amalgamation of Tom Marshall's under the scales, uh, a podcast with those two guys that did that episode about the other bands called beyond the pond and beyond the pond was a podcast that was dedicated to fish listeners that are getting a bit too myopic and being introduced to other types of bands. Uh, now it all makes sense. So I think if you were a regular listener to that and enjoyed that, then it would sort of marry up. And then the third podcast I think is called the helping friendly podcast that has been merged into one. 
season one is about the early days of fish and that and, and, and the first few steps on the proverbial ladder. And season two is focusing on the, the fans and the lot scene and all the other circus that goes into the band. So um, yeah, I agree those. And I didn't know that until I kind of went, oh, what's, what are these old beyond the friendly pod and all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, they're kind of the same thing. Yeah, but now that, you know, like now that I have context, that makes sense to me, right? Like, because they're trying to compare, you know, Fish to a, a hardcore band and, and like Husker Du, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I wish people listening could see the look on your face. Just the deadpan, eyes off to the side, like, uh, what's going on? Well, I grew up listening to Husker Du, right? Like, I know something about the hardcore scene. It was just a, it was just a comparison that seemed, it seemed crazy to me. But like now when, you know, it's like about you're trying to get fish fans to listen to other music. I'm like, well, that's super cool. Now I have like a whole different level of respect for that. Yeah, yeah. Even man, I don't know if you ever have listened to Two to Nickels on the Dime. That album is awesome, man. Really? Okay. That album, oh, dude, it's like a sound in punk that like I've never heard before. Really? Okay. So good. Oh, definitely recommend it. I don't recommend Husker Du. I don't love them. Okay. Uh, Tango's awesome. Yep. And, uh, and, oh man, the Minutemen, whoo, I love the Minutemen. Okay. So okay. good. Send me a link so I don't forget or For touch sure. at some point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so yes. episode, episode two was supposed to... Sorry to go back. I listened to half the episode. I listened to half the episode. So if you want to chat about half of it, I'm good for half. Well, yeah, I think, um, I figured you had it because there's a part towards the end that you would have messaged me had you heard it. Uh, he, super curious yeah i'll just sort of say that trey gives a little bit more insight into his time with rick beato who i think you would be particularly interested in and when they worked on shine and kind of what happened there and he and throws some shade it's uh trey even says oh he's like oh this is awkward as he's telling what happened because he knows he's probably gonna upset some people yeah. but uh so, yeah, but the first half of the episode talking about the creation of the barn, I found I found pretty pretty fascinating that he got the barn for what was it, thousand bucks or something. I didn't move but then he had to landscape it all, put all the money. I thought that was pretty awesome and um, really really cool to have the freedom to be able to do that. But really inspired by recording in the barn in a different barn for uh, what was it, Billy Breeze and Story of a Ghost, if I'm not mistaken, right? um so yeah i thought that was i thought that was pretty neat that part of the story uh talking talking about some of the first big gigs with tab and what that would have been like and when jennifer hartswick comes on you know young girl from a small town and then going to play these venues like what in the hell like this and the guys that were in the band that didn't really know much about fish and trey realizing like this dude's a rock star like we're playing these shows because of him it's uh yeah so definitely a neat lesson episode three is out today so i'll probably listen to it on my way to and from all the places i have to go um yeah I found, it, I found it really charming the from so from what i've listened to i found it really charming um that uh you know you pretty much call up these people it's like hey yo you want to be in my band yeah and that's the you know, and she even said she's like this is like we're like 17 you know like we're like kids in like public school being like yo i want to start a band you want to be in it yeah and um, the, part that, the part that i found super interesting and and they never you know and i don't know if it's because like business and money is like frowned upon in this community or not i would love to know the business back end of fish because they mentioned the the amount of pressure on trey having to pretty much fund yeah, the whole organization at this time. Yeah, you know, and to and to you know and and to pretend like 
I don't know if they're pretending, they're just not talking about it. So I need to really choose my words carefully here. But to, because this is the time where he was like a substance, of, like substance abuse was on the picture, right? So like right. to have that kind of pressure on you and he's clearly like he cares about everybody in his organization. So to feel like you're personally responsible and now you got to go out and take these young children who have never played to audiences like this, that's got to be heavy, man. Like that's got to not feel awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's a lot going on there. Um, but then when you hear the people in the band talk about him and his approach and his collaboration style, and we've talked about it, getting the most out of people and really utilizing people's people's strengths in the band and being so open-minded going in with these guys and letting it evolve on its own. And um, I, love the, I love the, just the, in my mind, I, I always compare, I always compare him to Frank Zappa, you know, who's another famous like rock c- composer. It just seems like he looked at everything that Zappa did and just did like the opposite, you know, <laughs> instead of like ruling people with fear and like taking them backstage and like chewing their head out because they missed the change, you know, in bar 37 of this song, he's just like, yeah. that was awesome, man. Like, so cool it even sounded awesome the wrong notes even sounded awesome yeah well i think it comes back to that whole um that whole improv approach although fish didn't officially adopt the yes and stuff until really 3.0 in terms of being a lot more open um you know i think i think yeah like he and i i think it's like not that zappa would have been confident in his abilities but just a lot more narrow in where he was willing to go with music Right, he explored a lot, but he wasn't as flexible as Trey. Like for Zappa, it was more like you're here because I need this part played by somebody who I think is competent because this is the way that I'm hearing it. Yes. And for, and for Trey, it's you have something to say, and I think your voice as a human being, as a musician, is important to my vision for this. Yeah, it's a me versus we philosophy. Yeah, right? and and very much. Um, you know, uh, Trey clearly knows that the sum of all parts is greater than the collective of, I'm going to, I always get that expression wrong, but the sum of his parts <laughs> is better than it's, you know, everybody here knows what I'm trying to say. It's just a matter of, I feel like George W. Bush, like stammering over the fool, fool me once comments. <laughs> Remember those? Oh, yeah. Um, so definitely check that out. Episode three. I'm excited to uh, hear there is a lot of content coming out right now. Like we're still four weeks plus a What's I that? Keep, I can't keep up. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. And once tour gets going, we're going to get so far behind, especially if you want to listen to every note, you know, and appreciate it. Um, so coming up in the next little bit, we just wrapped up the five solo shows with Trey. Call it solo, but really he had guests on a lot of the songs. Um, we'll come back to that because I've got a couple questions for you there. Uh, we got a one-off Laysterhead gig on Saturday night. Really? Yeah, they're playing the oh, oh, festival. So if you listen to, I think it was the second night of Beacon, towards the end of it, uh, uh, Trey, Trey is wrapping up, um, sort of saying, you know, it's been a great little run, and we're, they're excited, and said, I'm on an oyster head, and I went, oh yeah, I totally forgot about it too. He mentioned it, and then he just casually said, and then another band after that, like obviously Fish. Uh, so yeah, a one-off Oysterhead show Saturday night. They're not headlining, but it's a three-night or four-day festival. First, second, third, and fourth, the Peach Festival. It's a lot of jam bands. String Cheese is there, Mo, Umphreys McGee, um, and Oysterhead's got the penultimate set on the Saturday night from 10 until 12. So ideally, it's on the app Sunday morning. Um, so that's coming up. Tour starts in four weeks. We've got potentially the last dinner in a movie tonight they've answered our 
are suspicious questions, right? Like there's- It's the last one? Well, they said they're putting it in the freezer. So maybe they're gonna go off tour and supplement when they're not on tour with a monthly dinner and a movie. But that was the wording in the post. Um, but a really special show coming up there, uh, 72091. Yeah, so when they when they announce stuff like that, because I don't know the early 90s all that well. Mm -hmm. I just stopped reading. This is like, I'm like, okay, this is your key to, to go off. Oh, for a time. interesting. Because that little, um, there was, they did 14 dates in July of that year. And this is right in the middle of it. Uh, and it's sort of a, a really unique tour for just the month of July. They did night, they did, I think a total of, 13 or 14 shows with some horns. So there's some different things happening in this show. Um, I, might have, I mean, I, I remember listening to, to shows with horns. Yeah. So from the early it 90s. Says, when you look this show up on Fishnet, it says it's a live archival release. So it's a live fish volume, whatever, but I can't find it in the app anywhere. It's not under sorted by year 91, but it's a live fish volume. 91, are you sure? It's what it says on uh, Fishnet. There is a show the night before is on the app, 7-19-91. But 7-20-91 isn't. But I can't find, like, they have live bait, which is which is uh, which are compilations. Um, so it's an archival release, but it's not, I can't what see. Did, uh, what did they announce? What did they announce yesterday would be the archival release coming up? I've got that here too, 11-27-96. Nice. Yeah, that's the 19th show of November. Like, nice. I mean, we we talked a lot about Fall 95, Fall 97, but just looking at how many shows are jam-packed in a Fall 96, and we know the tear that they were on at that time. I'm really excited for that. It got previewed on Sirius yesterday, I think. Yeah. Um, so so that's so, so that's coming up. Uh, there's this podcast going on in 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 the background too. Um, yeah, there's there's. There's plenty. So dinner and movie, you, you probably won't watch till Thursday. We'll talk about that next week, but I should be able to watch a lot of it tonight. I wanted to ask you, did, um, <clears throat> of the five um, shows that Trey did, there were some repeats, of course. Were there any songs that you felt uh, were left out that you would have liked to hear? So to be, to be fair, I, uh, I have not listened. I haven't listened to anything from The Beacon. Okay. Um, More of the same. Well, that's why. That's why I'm like I'm super excited, and uh, you know this is not the right way to think about it. But I was like I just want I want to hear I want to hear fish. I don't want to hear yeah I don't want to hear this I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Um, it's nice, you know. It's it's oh, it's uh, awesome. It's awesome. Like I said, like it's incredible. I hate the way that I. That's just you know I'm embarrassed at the way that I feel, but that's the way that I feel. I'm I'm gonna be authentic in, in that. So. Yeah. No, no, there's no songs that, that he didn't play that I would have wanted to hear. Okay. Yeah, the only one for me would have been Curtain With. I just would have liked to have seen what they would have done with the strings and all that other stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it, was still, it was still pretty good. Again, I don't know if I'll go back and listen to them. But, uh, a, a, like I said last week, a really good teaser and a, and a hype vehicle for what's about to come. And Oysterhead is going to be a nice little side uh, sidetrack journey, too. Um, so we got that, we got that, we got that. Um, Maze. Let's talk a little bit. Of, so you sent me that. I, uh, yeah, that was a good. So for those that don't know what we're talking about, Maze, uh, an amazing song. And um, there was a bit of a debate that was happening on the Reddit group around the end of the song. Uh, dun, 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 right? Uh, is there a name for that? 
like that that little part like is there a musical term for that i'm sure there is i don't know um but the theory or the question is does that signify him getting out of the maze like is the is the end of the song the end of the character getting out of the maze let me let me let me share my thoughts on with you with you so i think the answer is no and here is why so um the album is a concept album or the closest that fish ever got to a concept album will breaking up mm-hmm. it's midway through the album right it's like the fifth song or something like that so that's at a time at a breakup where remember it ends with silent in the morning right it ends with like the resolution of like i'm at peace yeah. i'm silent in the morning i'm over this you know i found peace so when he's in the maze he's confused the structure of the song is incredibly hectic and confusing on purpose Mm-hmm. with some breaks and then the way that it ends that dun, 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 sounds like game over music to me so he does not make it out of the maze like it sounds like mario kicked the bucket dun, 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 and he did like a little jump and that was it man so he is stuck in that sucker forever interesting i feel like i should i feel like i should kick back for my cup of coffee and be like change my mind <laughs> <laughs> that's right set up the table set up the sign go to the park um yeah that's interesting i I think I agree with you when I think about it that way, but I like, I really like the fact that some people think otherwise and that works for them. I like the ambiguity of it. I like the image of it all. I like the chaosness of it all. And I need to have an experience where I am down on the floor when that song hits and I'm in the right spot. Like I cannot wait to hear doom, 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 and, and just lose my mind. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just one of those songs, like it's so good, but it just blends in with the catalog, right? Like it's just a, just another one that when it comes on, it's just incredible. Um, having, like, it's so funny. I've been having that moment with a lot of songs. Like uh, what was the one that I heard yesterday? I'm like, fuck, man. Like I can't, you know, like any other band, if they wrote this piece of music and performed it like that, it would be like, you know, like if Elton John did it, it would be like Tiny Dancer a million times and they'd have to do it every single time. And these guys do it every time they play, man. Yeah, um, I took a second and looked at uh, when they announced Dinner and a Movie from 72091. I googled uh, Billboard Rock Charts July 1991. I wanted, I wanted to kind of see what was popular, what was out, what was and what was happening. And it was tough to find rock for specifically July 91. If you subscribe to Billboard and pay, you can get it. But there was a song by Green Day that was the number one rock song. And they didn't really break till 93, 94, if you think about it with Basket Case. Um, but the number one song in the whole country at that time was EMF's Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. More Than Words was on the down uh, downward yep. charts. Like it had peaked and it was coming back down again. Everything yep. I Do by Brian Adams was a big hit. Uh, November Rain came out that that year that summer enter sandman right so there was some big big rock tunes of that time but when you think about what fish was doing it was so against the grain i mean we talked about it but i mean it just to kind of put that into into context what was popular in the you know in the musical uh lexicon whatever you want to call it they were just sticking to their guns and doing their own thing and building the audience it's pretty pretty neat for me to think about how big those bands were at that time like metallica guns and roses and you got these guys just working in the background, dedicated, doing their thing, committed. And here we are, you know, 30 years later. And it's like. There's a there's a saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I picture myself in 1991, you know, listening to, uh, you know, the Black Album and November Rain 
and Brian Adams and for all that stuff, you know, and there was no way in hell if I heard fish back then, I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. I would have been like, what? I would have been like, what the hell is this mishmash of junk? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you think about those fans that were able to discover them early on and, and, and go like, this is, this is, this is what I want to see. This is, this is where I want to go. And what, like, they would have been very counterculture. I mean, now, you know, you get, 3.0 3.0 noobs and and maybe you can put myself into that category maybe not i've been around since colonel sanders was a private but i wasn't actively you know uh advocating for fish but um i actually i hate those conversations you know like i i i completely hate those conversations to me it doesn't matter you don't get a badge of honor because you were there from the beginning you know you might be in on the jokes and 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 stuff like that but i would never like who cares we're all here to see these guys do their thing man yeah, I agree. I agree. But, um, but I think, you know, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier. We talked about, it's, it's a lot easier to find fish. It's, 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 uh, so when I, when I think about the shows in the early nineties and the way that that fandom was it's gotta be different than today, you know, it's funny. Yes, you're right. But I think there's something like your counterculture and like, you're clearly like super counterculture. There's just gotta be something about making it harder, making you search you know, making you have to like send some random dude uh, a letter in the mail with blank CDs for him to 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 copy these tapes for you and then send them back to you. Like that just creates a different kind of person, right? So in a way, like I understand, you know, going back to my point, I understand why like the people who were into fish like for a long time are like, yo, man, this is like what we had to do. Like, yeah, they just want other people to know that we had to do all this stuff and it wasn't easy but as a result you're a better fan for that stuff man sure you know i kind of see that you probably would because you run your own business and you've been there from the start but i'm in a business that's been around a long time and i work with people that have been there 20 30 years and then you have new employees coming in and you see that there too right you see the really experienced people kind of like you didn't have to do this and you didn't have to go through this and it isn't fair that you might be up for this promotion and i'm not and it's um I think it's something that tra- that transcends uh so who we are. Here's, here's what I can comment, and you can totally see this in in fish. The same people that were around when we were seeing 50 patients a week, they're not the same people that are around when we're seeing 500 patients a week. Mm-hmm. Because you become a different person to get to that. you have to become a different person you have to treat your staff differently you have to treat your patients differently right and not for better or worse it's just some people they you know they don't like that right and you see it with fish you know when after 91 i stopped listening or after 92 i stopped listening people are commenting those things all the time you know there's people who don't love 3.0 you know because it's different there's people who are not going to like this newest iteration of the band because it's again it's going to be different it can't be the same they're different human beings um yeah man that's just how it goes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just too bad that people aren't as um and again maybe it's just the way people are on social media and with with opinions it's just too bad people aren't a little bit more flexible in their thinking but yeah but the opinions social media isn't creating these opinions these opinions have always been there they just have an avenue now to be expressed right. oh yeah yeah they have a platform now right people can find each other and agree on the things they don't like I and mean, that's a big thing that's happened in the world that's what's unified a ton of people we don't have this and we, we don't like this in common, but we collectively hate this. So let's get together on that. Amazing. So right. Cool. I mean, it's tell me where I'm wrong. 
It's a no, no. O'Reilly. Tell me where I'm wrong. And you have a, and you have a coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good coffee. I'll be honest. Lately, I've been. Uh, I, I, I think I'm. I got to change something with my coffee game. I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's because you came to my house and I actually made you a good cup of coffee, and you're like, oh, well, you know what? When I was with you, I drank black coffee. I don't typically drink coffee black, and I uh, kind of enjoyed it. So I think I'm. Yeah, I got to change it up. Less sugar, less cream. So here's the thing, though. If uh, if you go black with coffee. It has to be good because there's a reason why people put cream and sugar in their coffee. And one of the reasons, there's many, but one of the reasons is it's poor quality coffee. It doesn't taste very good. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong of me to say that when you began that sentence and you said, once you go black, I immediately finished in my mind what you were going to say, although you said something else. I thought you were going to say, you'll never go back. Because that's like, I don't know. That's how we grew up. I guess. I think we lost our three listeners. No, man, we got, we got, we got more than three. What are you talking about? Um, we got at least five, at least five people. Yes. Texting in this. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think it's pretty much everything that I have, but uh, yeah, there's a lot. I gotta, I don't have time for anything other than fish right now. It's, it's like, if you want to watch a movie, ain't got no time for it. I got a show to listen to. I got a thing to listen to. Do you uh, listen to the Zappa set that I sent you? No, you know what? I started, I was stupid. I didn't play it at the right time. I started it one night when I was doing bath with the girls, and I was like, "This is the wrong thing." Maybe tonight. I'm working late. My new store closes later than my old store. Okay. Uh, so I'll be I'll be driving home after midnight tonight, probably alone in the countryside with the thunder showers. So yeah, maybe tonight's the night. You think? Maybe tonight's there. Maybe tonight's tonight is for two nickels on the dime. We're like. Or like the Minutemen album that I'm Oh yeah. Sing. Or like every song is like a minute and a half and they all sound like completely different. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of one of my favorite albums is The Clash's London Calling. I love that. Like I go back to that a couple times a year and I just listen to it front to back once. See you later. See you in six months. What do you think is, and again, I'm, I, I kind of have my answer, but what do you think is like one of the most underrated albums in like rock history? you have your answer yeah because i was just thinking about this we this is a song that we were playing and i was like wait a minute this whole album is great i can't believe more people don't listen to this the most underrated album in rock. Not the most, but like one of the most oh god i mean it's funny that you brought that up after i mentioned london calling because it came out late 79 but rolling stone called the album of the 80s so i don't think that's underrated so it's funny how you made that jump there um london calling london calling is is you know for what it is and i don't love i don't love the clash i can see i can see why they would call it that and i i can't disagree mm -hmm. yeah you know? what's your album you're thinking of uh you're gonna laugh when i say this it's uh the third eye blind album which one first one the only yeah the one with yeah. the jumper and when I, back when I did the CDs and went and bought CDs, that was one that was in my rotation, played a bit. And they, they churned out a lot of songs from that album. They had a Dude, lot. Of, it's a front to backer, man. That album is excellent every track. Yeah. Yeah. So like, the, uh, for some random 90s band to make something that awesome. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. They could never repeat that success, but they, but they kept going. I don't know if they're still around, but they were playing up until five, six years ago. Still, still, still going on it um that's awesome what song are you guys doing jumper 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 yeah that was made even more famous by uh, bruce almighty i think right let me do this gonna, yeah 
yeah yeah you know there, there, there are some good 90s 90s rock albums like there's um i don't know what you think about collective soul but they've got a few decent little records with some good songs on it um i'm not the collective soul no <laughs> you just got really like no no i don't like collective soul <laughs> that was pretty awesome What's collective soul nine and, and new year's 95 we're like, oh, we're making, we're making, yeah. uh, we're making time in the time factory. Yeah. Imagine all the music was stuck in 1994 and they play the. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny how those how those albums are old now. Like they're, they're 25 years old. Those mid 90s albums. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it's weird how time is changing like that. Or the classic rock to these youngsters coming up and they listen to that stuff and. I mentioned Pearl Jam not too long ago being considered a classic rock band now. Like it's, uh, I don't know, times are changing. They don't seem old, but although Harrison Ford is 78, he just hurt his shoulder shooting Indiana Jones 5. And I went, well, yeah, he's 78. It's going to hurt everything shooting that movie. It's going to hurt his teeth while saying his lines. Like, come on. What are they doing? Indiana Jones, get out of here. You know, it's funny. I don't think that, I don't think the times are changing. I mean, they are in a way, but I think we're just learning to experience life mm -hmm. at like 40 plus. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what our parents went through. Yeah, I agree. You're right. You're right. It's just our first, it's our only experience going through it. And, and, and time is a funny thing as you experience more of it, you know, things, your perception of it definitely changes. I remember, I remember your dad, I remember coming to your house one time and your dad, this is when Pearl Jam covered that uh that old song oh last kiss last kiss right yeah. and we were talking about it. he's like oh that song that those punks butchered that great <laughs> and that's what he said and i and it's it's coming from my dad because he didn't have a musical bone in his body my dad cannot keep rhythm just like this but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that he didn't like it and it wasn't special for him right that, like that music doesn't... dude my dad drove from southwestern ontario to st john's newfoundland which oh, is two days it didn't turn on the radio. Okay. Right. He, his favorite song was Imagine by John Lennon, but didn't really care about music. Yeah. Like he just wasn't, he tolerated me playing it and like talking about it the way I do with you. Like, oh dad, you got to listen to this part. This is, we're going to say, boy, <laughs> you know? And he's like, whatever. <laughs> Smoking his cigarettes. See you later. Shaking his head. What's wrong with this kid? Oh yeah. Well, I was shaking my head going, what's wrong with this man? But uh, <laughs> I don't get it, man. I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I just don't understand how you can hear music and it doesn't doesn't do something to you. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Like the older that I get, the more I get like Trey. I'm like, when can I get together with people and make some noise? Like, when can I make a ruckus? When can I pick up my guitar? Mm -hmm. You know, especially like it, it's so it's so funny. It's just like one of those things that just feels really good because you can always produce like a positive. It's just never not fun. And I would imagine too, there's a, obviously a unique quality about it where you'll never you'll never replicate that again, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when you're playing with somebody, even if it's the same song, you're gonna, it's always gonna be a little bit different and the connection you have and, and how you are in that moment. And yeah. But it's, really, it's funny, I'm listening to you say that and you're absolutely right. And it's really sad that we don't understand, like we'll never replicate this conversation again. Of course not. Right, like it's done. Right. So the fact that like we don't get happier and more excited to go through our day and just be grateful for like the moments that are happening, because there's so many beautiful moments, man. People just take that shit for granted and they let it slide. Like it's it's messed up. It's heartbreaking, actually, is what it is. You're always looking for something better. Oh my God, I can't wait until this happens. I can't wait till I get home when I can be on my couch. I'm like, dude, 
it just doesn't make sense to me man mm -hmm. it's almost like you're talking about the power of now which trey is a trey is a big fan of 100 i mean in a way i don't like the mysticism of it all but like i love the fact that it's true you know that we can just be really excited about what's happening right now and the fact that we're here and we can do something and yeah you know we have unlimited options for like to be happy you know like i can't now I, like, i'm let me tell you i'm excited to to get the show notes up i'm excited to create some content i got my staff working on a huge problem that it when she solves it it's going to be awesome i can't wait to see my kid like it's just so much excitement now that's great and i think i think it's an attitude i'm sure it's a it's become who you are but you know i'm sure at some point it became a bit of a choice that you had to sort of make to look at things that way well you can easily i can easily tell you 10 things that i'm pissed off about sure Sure, but you're choosing not to, right? Because, okay, what can you do about those things? You're probably looking at what you can and can't control. And I think a lot of what people worry about and stress out about are things that are completely out of their control and they can't do anything about it anyway. So, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, all, it's all a choice. You just remind me, the other day I took Grace to my new store and we have to drive down the Hamilton, quote, mountain to get there. And uh, she had never been down that way. And it was so exciting for her just to go on a drive with her dad. And she was appreciating, you know, being able to see really far and being somewhere she's never been before going into the store and running around. And this is daddy's new store. And, um, and I was just like, God, like, I hope she never loses that curiosity, that natural appreciation for things that are just around, you know, it's. Uh, well, because it's we all, we all do, you know, but you just have to train yourself to get it back, man. Mm-hmm. Train yourself to get it back. Yeah. I like well, it's, that. it's funny. Well, it's true. You That's know, a we song act right like, there. We act like, what's that? That's a song right there. Train yourself to get it back. Train yourself to get it. I'm going to write that. Train yourself to get it back. <laughs> but it's true. Like, the, we, you know, we, I think we're, we're led to believe that somehow all these things happen inherently, you know, that people are positive or that they're a certain way. I don't know, man. I just believe everything's trainable. You know, I, I don't think you can predict what level of success somebody's, you know, like, so we've talked about it before. Look at the band, right? You have somebody who's in a room locked with somebody for four to six hours a day. And that's the shit that makes them happy. Yes. So you're winning. If that's the shit that makes you happy, you have one life because you get to program your life to do that in the most amount of time that you can possibly put towards that. The mistake that people make is they think that when I play to 80,000 people, then I'm going to be happy right There's no guarantee you're going to catch a trend or create something that's going to be market breaking you probably will not mm -hmm. you know so your chance to play to eighty thousand probably is never going to happen but your chance to make music with somebody in a room can happen right now yeah and people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it well it has to be good of right? course. Like, I, have, I have fun doing this we don't get to judge whether our podcast is good that's up to somebody else well, of course of course but um yeah, but we, we're still, our why and why we want to do it is still just, and that's, that's cool. Sure, man. That's for sure. Awesome. So I'm winning. I don't care if anyone listens, man. This is just fun to talk about this shit. Hashtag winning. Yeah, good stuff. I agree. Hey, buddy. All right, that's all I've got. That was a good chat. So much to listen to. So hopefully we can get to some of that next week. And uh, yeah, four more weeks until Fish Tour. It's, uh, oh, man. Yeah, there's the flex, flex it. <laughs> All right, you so excited? Yeah, so excited. You don't sound excited. You look excited, but you don't sound excited. I'm. Uh, I've been. I've been called stoic before. I find it really funny. Yeah, you're a little bit stoic. You would have been a good poser for pictures in the 1890s. <laughs> <laughs>
you would have done well with those. <laughs> I just, hey, it's it's funny because you know, oh, you don't care about anything. I'm like, no, I just don't care about stuff that I don't care about. Mm. Yeah, and why weigh in if you don't care about it? That's when people look dumb, right? When they start speaking, maybe we look dumb. I don't know, but when people start talking, there's, no, there's no question. If you ask the wrong person, there's the, we can take that one right off the table. That's true. It's all perception. Complete morons. Don't you worry about that. I guarantee. I was just about to say, people look dumb. Obviously, when they're talking about something they don't really know about. Yeah. And my rules is I try not to speak about things unless I'm, you know, unless I'm comfortable in the subject matter. I won't put myself in a position where I look dumb, but maybe I have. Oh, dude, it's always, you can ask questions, right? Like you can, you can gain knowledge and, uh, you know, you can gain the understanding of somebody's opinion. I think what's really sad about what's happening these days, uh, politically and socially is people don't engage in, 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 in conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's one of the things that's really, you know, we have Canada day on Thursday, man, I'm like, what's happened to this country in a year and a half? You know, what happened to the days where you could have a difference of opinion with your neighbor and you'd stand on the lawn and you'd talk about it and you'd listen to them and they'd listen to you and you'd think, I don't agree, but this is my neighbor and, and we're, we're Canadian. Yeah. You're like, where did that go? What the hell? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It clearly still exists, but not like it should. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's, I think it's harder to build relationships with people because of that. As soon, as soon as you meet somebody, if you find out that they identify with something a little bit different than you, it creates an immediate rip or divide in, instead of trying to bridge that gap and understanding each other better. And that's something that I'm about to embark on as I meet a whole whack of new people in my new store. Something I got to, I got to figure out and navigate, right? Now, how much do you think of that has to do with the obvious, I don't want to call it an agenda because I don't hate that stuff, but I know what you mean. There's certain things that were socially, we should feel, we're made to should feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the reasons that people are are disagreeing and less understanding is because they're tired of being told how they should feel and what they, you know, I think once you start forcing people to to feel a certain way, you're kind of pushing the boundaries of like autonomy, which really kind of sucks. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's too many, like the term influencer, you know, we talked about influence in the, yeah. one of the early episodes, but there's just too many influencers, there's too many people trying to tell you what I agree, and, and, and I think we got to see a change and a shift in that type of stuff, and it's going to take time, for the next five to ten years, as the next generation kind of comes up, all that stuff has got, it's got to change, it's not doing any good for us, it might it's going to get worse before it gets better because most people don't realize how bad it is. Um, and there might be some big events or some things that will change it, but yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. Not to sound cynical, but I agree with you. No, I mean, I don't, I think cynical, I, I think cynicism is, is different than like, I see a problem. I'm still happy, but like, you know, I, you know, cynicism is like that bitterness. Yeah. And I think the other thing too about, disagreeing with people is there's and this is the term that I really really like that 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 I've been struggling with for about a year and a half and somebody kind of quantified it in a really good way you're entitled to your own opinions but you're not entitled to your own facts and right and not enough people are looking at real evidence real data to inform their opinion doing their own research looking at different sources of material to really inform an opinion they 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 see what they see. They create their own facts based around that. Politicians do it all the time. And uh, we don't get anywhere because of it. 
because my facts are real, your facts are real, but they're different, so they can't be. And where are we going to go from there? So there's, it's interesting that you bring that up. I totally agree with you. You know, to your point, um, people aren't taught how to um, assimilate facts properly, how to find them, right? right? So what people will do, right? Like, just look at something ridiculous like the science. So you quoting the conclusions from the researchers of a study is the interpretation of the data made by the researchers. Yes. People interpret things through their philosophy or through a lens mm -hmm. and they have biases. Of course. Right, but you're right. We should be taught to look at the actual numbers and to look at the facts and make facts-based decisions. It also doesn't help that when you pump people full of fear on either way, their decision-making ability greatly diminishes. So we're already behind the eight ball, but I agree with you hundred percent. Mm. Good discussion. We've gone in a different direction. For anyone yeah, who's this is the fish slash politics podcast. When we look at the analytics of this 45 minute episode, we'll see a bunch of people <laughs> dropping off after 30 minutes. <laughs> this might be our longest one yet, too. Which is, which, which Shut is the fuck up and talk about the band. <laughs> yeah, I think our longest episode is like 38 minutes, and this one's going to be like 46, 47. That's funny. But hey, whatever. Take it or leave it. It's all good. You have a choice, everybody. That's it. Well, on that, lots to think about, lots to watch, lots to listen to, very exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, try to stay uh, cool out there, heat wavers. Hey, have a good week, buddy. Yeah, thanks, you too, buddy. Yeah. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.